Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to rate and review the show. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we got an all-football episode as the NBA and MLB seasons have concluded. We'll update you on what's happening in the TSK Show Fantasy Football League, recap the NFL trade deadline, and preview Week 9. All this and more on Episode 167 of the Sports Kingdom Show coming up right now welcome get to the sports kingdom Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 167 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, the one and only Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Tyler, what's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm stressed out. It's been a weird couple days. <laughs> it definitely... With election and everything, you know, I, I don't think I've ever watched so much, you know, news in my life. Yeah, but it's it's time to cleanse your brain and uh it is man it is I, talk I about some sports to, i haven't been able to get my focus off of it so i'm glad we're rolling i mean hey it is it is important and we do hope everybody went out and voted it's important that everybody exercises their civic right and civic duty but uh it's it's time to cleanse the palate a little bit sitting across from me on the board our co-host producer extraordinaire jacob gonzalez jacob what's going on man how you doing i'm good how's everybody going doing i mean it's I'm tired because uh, uh, I forgot to mention it last week on the show, but uh, I started my new full-time gig this week at the at the radio station. So it's been an interesting week. Getting, That's right. How's it How's it going so far? It's it's been good. It's just uh, getting used to that new schedule. Uh, obviously, we're re- recording a little bit later than we normally do because uh, I don't get done with work till about seven now. So uh, it's it's been an interesting transition, but I'm excited and. And ready to do it, but uh, enough about me. Let's uh, let's get into some football. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello, you play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here, so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me, Wilson? so we're getting closer and closer to the fantasy football playoffs uh we're now in week nine of the nfl 
And uh, this weekend in fantasy, I went two and one. Uh, I got a much needed win in the TSK show fantasy football league over good friend of the show, Corey Golob. Uh, we were in a battle for a while, but then I was able to really pull away. So now I'm five and three in the TSK show fantasy football league. I'm on a three week win streak, I believe, uh, going into week nine. Uh, and then in my other two leagues, I'm one and seven in the Valley Village Invitational after losing to the first place team. I had a chance to upset the first place team going into Monday night, but uh, it didn't work out for me. And then I'm three and five now in the League of Fools, so I'm barely staying afloat in that league. And it was just it was nice to get a win in that league after losing three weeks in a row. Um, so two and one for the week overall, five and three, one and seven, three and five. So kind of a whole mixed bag for me this year in fantasy football. Tyler, what about you? How'd you do this weekend? Oh, I also went two on one. Um, I uh, I took a big L in the TSK show. You back? I think you're actually. Are we tied up now? If you're five and three, then yes, we are tied up. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, that was a tough loss. Um, and then uh, my other two leagues, I won. Uh, I'm making a playoff push in the leagues that I'm three and five. Uh, I still got an outside outside shot at making the playoffs there. Uh, and then my other two leagues, I'm five and three in both those leagues. I'm in the playoffs. I'm actually in third place in the other two leagues. So, oh, so you're sitting pretty right uh, now. I'm looking solid. I'm looking like I can make, I might be able to make a push and get all three teams in the playoffs. We'll see. That's definitely much better than I can say. But also in the in the TSK Show Fantasy Football League, uh, you hit me up about it, and I know we weren't able to to work a deal out. Uh, I didn't really make that strong of an offer, I think, probably in your eyes. But uh, you made a move, and you were looking for a running back, and or you were looking for a receiver. Yeah, I was looking for a receiver. Um, I was trying to give up backs. I, I had I – had, um, Oh, that's right. You were trying to look for a receiver, but you were giving up running backs. I got you. Yeah, but, you know, I've been decimated uh, at wide receiver with injury. Uh, Michael Thomas and Odell were my first two picks in the draft. Oy. Um, they've, and they've played a combined seven games. And then my third pick in the draft was actually Juju Smith-Schuster, who I tried away. So um, my first three picks were wide receivers. They played a total of seven games this year for me. So, um, I, I was, no bueno. I was on the trade. I was on the trade block, um, quite a bit, not just with you. Uh, I was trying to make deals with about four teams, uh, before, uh, Sean Sweeney ended up sending me a trade that was ultimately Mike Evans for Leonard Fournette. Uh, and, and it was, yeah. So it was Mike Evans for Leonard Fournette and CD lamb and boy, oh boy, when that trade notification yeah. went um, through on the app the group chat went nuts yeah and you know i honestly hesitated to accept it um purely because of just you know i'm the commissioner and uh but it, it seemed like it was uh, a good enough trade it was actually so it was actually an ibm watson deal so sean uh knew that i was looking you know i was looking to move uh, a running back he needed running back he actually went with a trade that was suggested to him by IBM Watson on the ESPN Fantasy Football app. 
And I, you know, I clearly thought that I was in favor of the trade, so I accepted it. But ultimately, I think it, you know, I probably, I probably should stay away from trades for the most part, just not to send any wrong, wrong ideas. I don't know about um, that. I mean, listen, you can make you can make a move, and and listen, here here's my thing. I didn't get the chance to jump in uh, on the group chat because it was just going on while I was at work and I was really busy, but. My thing was is you two as owners of teams agreed to a trade. That's yep. all and that the, should matter. And in my defense, I do believe that, you know, that is that is what it's all about. I think that if both teams feel like they got a good, fair deal, um, and it's from a strategical standpoint, which I think is really key, then uh, then it's okay. I think the veto process is to stop things like – uh, collusion, stop things like you know dumping. Te- you know if you don't have any wins, yeah, tanking, dumping, dumping your good players on the teams that are making playoff pushes, and you know also so you know we have friends in this league, so and- uh, it's also to stop you know friends from making friend deals. But this was purely strategy. I don't think it. You know, I don't believe that I had any sort of uh, advantage there. No, and I don't believe that the the trade was overwhelmingly one-sided, especially because CD Lamb is his home team. That's literally was what I was just about to bring up. Is Sweeney has Zeke and Dak as his keepers, and he's now trading for CD Lamb in a keeper league. We don't know what's really going to happen and with Dak Prescott. And CD has huge upside. I mean, hundred percent. He was the top. He was a top twenty fantasy performer for the first, I think, six weeks of the season when Dak was healthy. Um, and receivers, you know, make big leaps. I mean, we see what GK Metcalf is doing. Yeah. Um, in Seattle, he may think that you know. I think that that's a, a, a worthy um, idea. Is CD could be a stud. So I don't know. I don't. I don't want to defend my. I do feel like I should be a little more hesitant to make trades, being the commissioner of the league. Uh, just because there's a domino effect and people feel uh, certain ways, uh, but and then, you, you know, still have to be active in the league. Like you're, you're allowed to make trades as commissioner. Like, no, but I do lead the league in trades since it started. I've definitely done the most trades, but I'm also pretty active. I'm always hitting up people, seeing what they got. Uh, I'm now to fuck. I'm pretty willing to make trades, but it's more so just you know I don't want people to feel like there's any sort of favoritism or unfairness or anything like that you know all right well i as quote-unquote co-commissioner i i approve of the trade i I, th- I think it's fair and if two owners agree to a trade and one guy sends it to the other and the other guy says accept it it should go through so that's just me yep i agree all right before we get into the power rankings i have to tell you about our new sponsor fitness ablaze training center Located in Olympia, Washington, Fitness Ablaze Training Center provides clients with professionally designed fitness and or nutrition programs. They have programs for all ages, athletic ability, and for anyone interested in improving improving their overall performance and quality of life. Program options include personal training, semi-private personal training, team and group training, nutrition coaching, and online slash remote coaching. TSK Show listeners can get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your first month of training just by mentioning TSK Show. Just enter promo code TSK Show at fitnessablaze.com. That's TSK Show at fitnessablaze.com. 
com. All right, Tyler, why don't you take it away with this week's TSK show power rankings? All right. Well, um, this one, you know, for the most part, my top 10, uh, top 10 won. Um, there was only a couple losses. There wasn't a ton of movement. Um, unfortunately, I think the Rams are on the outside looking in. They, they're, uh, they're right there to be in a top, top 10 team. But uh, I'm going to start out with Rams are left out. So we'll give them 11, I guess. Honorable mention. But I'm going to start number 10 out with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think this is their first time being in the top 10. And they've been kind of like a borderline team the whole year. Uh, in the top 15, um, they they get their all-pro linebacker and Darius Leonard back, um, and so and that defense is already playing really well. Uh, they've got a they've got a good group of running backs, young running backs, all kind of do different things. And they had three different players score rushing touchdowns the last game. Uh, mixed in Philip Rivers uh, with his leadership and his experience, but I think this team is uh, is definitely a play, playoff-bound AFC team. Coming at number nine, I got the five and two Tennessee Titans. Now they're coming off a loss and that went, uh, to Cincinnati, which I consider a bad loss. I think Cincinnati is a lot better than people think because Joe Burrow is playing really well, but Tennessee should have handled that game. They're a better football team than them. Uh, I I still like Tennessee moving forward. Uh, coming at number eight, I got the Buffalo Bills at six and two. Uh, not the dominant win that we wanted to see against New England, but a win nonetheless that puts them at six and two and ultimately has everybody talking about the Patriots in uh, a way that we have never talked about the Patriots as far as like my adult life. Uh, So I think that they put the nail in the coffin as far as separating themselves from the Patriots this year, which I think was goal number one. Um, They're in line to win that division, which I think was goal number two and ultimately uh, be competing in the AFC and be one of these teams that could upset, maybe upset the chiefs. Uh, coming at number seven, I got the Green Bay Packers coming off of another team that I think this is a bad loss against the Vikings who are struggling this year. It's a divisional opponent. Uh, so that one I have a little more leeway for. But Green Bay at five and two, Rodgers dialed in, Devontae Adams looking like a top three receiver in the league. Um, I like Green Bay moving forward to win that division and ultimately be a contender in the NFC. Uh, coming at number six, I got the New Orleans Saints at five and two. Coming off the uh, uh, a close, you know, nail-biter win against the Chicago Bears in overtime, I believe. Uh, Drew Brees is definitely not, I think, you know, it's safe to say Drew Brees is definitely taking a half step back as far as his arm goes. It's, it's This team is very reminiscent of the Broncos team with uh, Peyton Manning and Brock Osweiler, where, you know, Drew Brees' leadership and game management ability are going to be able to make this playoff run, but I don't know if he's got enough in the tank to get it done, but Peyton got it done, so... Uh, maybe maybe the Saints can uh, can make it work. Kamara is having an unreal year, and his versatility at, to be able to split out wide uh, and run the ball between the tackles is just uh, unmatched in the NFL outside made his CMC. Uh, now in the top five, funny enough, I don't typically look at power rankings, but I actually had the same exact top five as Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I think that's probably a bad thing. I don't know. Uh, coming at, at number five, we got Baltimore at five and two. Coming up the L to Pittsburgh. Uh, all of a sudden, I just don't know if Baltimore is there yet now to get over the hump as far as winning the AFC. I still think they have a shot to get to the AFC title game. Um, if they, you know, 
if they play well at the right time at the end of the year. But I think that Pittsburgh and Kansas City now are both poised to make uh, better back half of the season runs. Uh, so, but still, Baltimore is just a scary team, and uh, Lamar Jackson um, looks like MVP mode in the, in the back half of the season. They're definitely going to beat AFC. Going to number four, I got my uh, my Seattle Seahawks at six and one, coming off the the dub against San Francisco. Um, you know, we took an L to Arizona. The everybody questioned who, who's the best team in NFC West. Rams were looking good. Niners were looking good. We get the dub against the Niners. I think it's uh, the Rams lose. Um, Arizona's on by. I think now it solidifies us in most people's mind as the best team in that division and and maybe the best team in the NFC. Uh, we'll see what happens when Carlos Dunlap gets plugged into the defensive lineup. Uh, coming at number three, a slight edge over Seattle. I got Tampa Bay uh, at six and two, coming off the dub against the Giants. Uh, Brady's just looking just looking so dialed in. He's he was upset with his, his performance last week against the Giants. It didn't look great. They ended up making it happen in the back half. Uh, but Tom Brady knows you have to be better than that. And, um, you know, with, with Antonio Brown coming into the mix, this team is just uber-talented on offense and playing really well and talented on defense as well. Uh, and then at the top two, um, number two, I got the undefeated. The last undefeated team in the league, 7-0 Pittsburgh Steelers, coming off a big win. Against Baltimore, I think that they separate themselves. If you want to say they're the best team in the league, that's fine. Although I think that Mahomes is the separator from these two. Um, Kansas City, I think, is is just as you know Pittsburgh is just as good of a football team as Kansas City. I think they have the ability to beat Kansas City, but ultimately, I think Mahomes is the separator uh, and why Kansas City is the number one team in the NFL because uh, they've got the best player in the NFL and they've got a ton of talent around it. So that's the top 10. All right. Why don't you run it back real quick? One through 10. And then uh, before we make our picks of the week, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the NFL trade deadline. Uh, so at number one, I got Kansas city chiefs Then I'm going Steelers, Buccaneers, Seahawks, Ravens. I got the saints, uh, Packers, bills, Titans, and Indianapolis Colts. All right. So yesterday was not only election day, uh, it was the NFL trade deadline, if you didn't know. I know there was a lot going on uh, outside of sports. But um, the NFL trade deadline, it was pretty much a dud. And I think that was really the opposite of what people were expecting when we saw, I believe it was three moves made in a day or two prior to the uh, – NFL trade deadline actually concluding so I was I was definitely expecting a lot more movement yesterday but uh there really wasn't let's start with the moves that were made the day before first the New York Jets traded linebacker Avery Williamson to the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers for a 2022 fifth round pick Obviously, Avery Williamson is probably the happiest person in the NFL right now going from the winless team, the lone winless team in the NFL to the lone undefeated team in the NFL. And obviously, Pittsburgh losing Devin Bush to a season-ending injury, they're replenishing that linebacker position with the addition of Avery Williamson. So I'm intrigued 
to see what a guy coming from a winless team to now an undefeated team is going to be motivated to do on such an impressive defense like Pittsburgh. What about you, Tyler? He's definitely got to be the happiest guy. Uh, <laughs> he's definitely got to be the happiest guy in the NFL. Uh, that's a big pickup, and it's, you know, we see these pickups, I think, every year. These are um, small moves as far as the names go. They're not super, super sexy. They're not, you know, it's not massive uh, franchise, you know, type players. But these te- these are the kind of moves to win Super Bowls. And, it you know, it takes a team that is really looking to win a Super Bowl this year now at 7-0 and and puts them uh, a little bit over the edge, whereas draft picks aren't as uh, concern for them because they've got a plethora of young talent and they're in win now mode yeah and I think that's really uh what's similar about all three of these moves and then the next two that I'm gonna bring up the the Kiko Alonso for Quan Alexander and then uh this the that's the Saints and the 49ers making a move and then the Tennessee Titans trading for Desmond King from the Chargers that's that's really teams pushing their chips to the middle when it came down to they needed to make a move and and really hit that win now button to to make this run so i'm very interested to see now what tennessee new orleans and pittsburgh are, are going to look like with these additions yeah the uh you know the additional linebacker for the saints that Kiko Alonso has kind of had a, an interesting career. He's been a trade piece so many different times. He started uh, out in Miami, if I'm not mistaken, right? He, uh, he started out in Miami, then went to Philadelphia at one point. Um, I think that was the lowest. And in Buffalo. You know, yeah, the Buffalo was from Philadelphia for LaShawn McCoy. Right. Um, so, any, anyways, uh, Kiko is a, is a good player, but he's had tr- trouble staying on the field. Um, so, I think this was definitely a, a win uh, for New Orleans. And then what was the third trade again? Uh, Desmond King going to Tennessee for a sixth round pick. Yeah, that one. You know, um, that's a. Uh, you know, that's almost like a gift. They were really fortunate that you know the Chargers. He he was his contracts coming up. They're not going to pay him. They were already going to move ways with him. Uh, they haven't come out in the win column this year like they had hoped. So it's better to just you know if they were a winning football team, if they were five and two right now, they wouldn't make this move um, because they'd want to keep him for the run. Uh, but since they're not really making a run and they're not, they never planned on re-signing him. Uh, better to grab that six-round pick from basically nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's you might as well get him for something instead of nothing and with the way the season's gone for the chargers they might as well be sellers at the deadline if they have some assets that other teams are are willing to to go after yep absolutely jacob what about you what do you think about these teams at the top of these divisions making moves like these well the williams trade really stands out because pittsburgh was already a contender to begin with uh, and after devin bush's injury to uh, an acl tear I think this just adds and bolsters their defensive uh, line even better. Oh, and, for sure. And they needed that, obviously, uh, after losing Bush. But, again, seeing them play the Ravens this weekend, though, man, that defense just handled Baltimore. Yeah. It re- really exposing Jackson. But I think this is the strongest move, too, because, again, 
you take one player from from the Jets who's suffering on a zero and seven team, and then you put him onto, I think it's the sec, sec, second best team in the AFC right now behind the Chiefs. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's going to be a good move for the uh, for the Steelers down the line. Now there were two other moves uh, that actually occurred on trade deadline day, uh, but they weren't really talked about uh, because they weren't really big names. Uh, but they also came in under the wire, and they kind of got announced after the deadline was was officially over because it they had to make sure they were officially in at before the deadline hit. But the Dolphins made two moves. Uh, one, they traded for Chiefs running back DeAndre Washington uh, for a late-round pick swap, and then they traded wide receiver Isaiah Ford to New England uh, – and the Dolphins will get a 2022 seventh-round pick in exchange for Ford. Uh, so they let go – or, well, they they let go of a wide receiver and they take in a running back. Uh, but I don't really think the DeAndre Washington move is a big deal. Uh, I believe that's now their sixth running back on the roster – uh, so they're clearly going through a lot at that position. But New England trading for a wide receiver and then also getting it from a divisional rival I think is very interesting because trading in division is, one, very rare in the NFL. And then, two, it's the Patriots trying to get Cam another option on offense because they got to do something. Yeah, th- this is definitely what this move was about. But I don't know how much more you can give Cam, though, right now. That team is just kind of tough to see where they're at. Well, with Edelman out for the foreseeable future, they need somebody to throw the ball to. Yeah, no, this was a solid pickup for them. But, again, their season kind of sits on a question mark because I don't think they're going to win that division. Tyler mentioned that in his power rankings. So they've already lost out on that battle. And it seems like they've lost out on the second battle of being the best team overall, and that's losing to the Bills. So again, this is a good pickup for them. Inevitably, it's going to work out. You know, it's going to be hopefully going to be a band aid of some sort. But again, I don't really know where their season goes from here. What about you, Tyler? What do you think of that move? Well, this, you know, this is just they pick up a guy that they can grab for a seventh round pick uh, due to you know just health reasons. They need bodies. Uh, this guy's not a game changer. He's not a he's not a factor really. Yeah. Uh, they just they just need they just need professional bodies, and uh, because he's in division, they know about him. So, uh, and and, I'm, and uh, I want to make the point. You know, the Dolphins. I've I've really liked the Dolphins this year. Um, they they've I've kind of mentioned it a couple of times comparing them to the Seahawks in kind of 2012, uh, 2011, 2010. Uh, when we were turning our roster over constantly, bringing new pieces in, trading new pieces, uh, stockpiling draft picks. Dolphins led the NFL in draft picks last year. Uh, and getting a bunch of guys out there, trying to find the ones that are, that are going to be your guys to lean on. Um, and, uh, and they're going to be names you don't recognize. Um, but Dolphins are making quiet moves that are, are I think, really big moves. Um you just don't realize it because they're not big names, but they're turning that franchise um, in the right direction. No, and, I mean uh, it looks it looks like they got their quarterback. Now I'm still pissed at them for the Fitz Magic thing, but uh, I think these couple w- weird little tweak moves like this are uh, things that are showing me that 
they're really trying to fine tune this this roster, and um, they're really going to filter in a ton of guys until they find the right ones. And I've personally seen that 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 work out. So um, I like the Dolphins moving forward. I think that they definitely have a strategy. I I think they have what three first round draft picks in this year's draft. Am I correct, Tyler? Yeah. Then they had uh, yeah they have Houston. Um, they have two from Houston, from the, and yep. uh, they have their own. Yep. And then, uh, but the but I, I don't know if they have three in this year's draft. I know they have at least two, but they had at least they had two last year as well. So. Uh, and they're and and they had ten total picks last year. Yeah. So they'll probably be they'll probably be flirting around that eight to ten, maybe eleven picks again this year. That's a ton of guys. Um, so you know some of those guys are bound to turn out uh, to be Bobby Wagner's, Richard Sherman's. Uh, I don't know. You know I mean, Russell Russell Wilson's. Uh, these are not you know these are not names idea. you do. Starting to sound like well, Danny these Ainge. Not, these are not these are not names that you, you know you did not know who. Bobby Wagner was. He's a second-round draft pick from Utah State. You do not, uh, you know, for the most part, people didn't know Russell Wilson. He was a, a baseball player. He went in the third round. Uh, you know, Richard Sherman played wide receiver in college and and was a, was a sixth-round draft pick. Cam Chancellor, I think, was a fifth-round draft pick. These guys built their franchise. And I, long story short, that I think that that's what the Dolphins are trying to accomplish right now. And uh, like I said, I've seen it work, so yeah, um, I these these two little moves are are not necessarily huge splashes, but um, they're built. They're just slowly creeping in the right direction. And the X factor is I think they got a quarterback, so um, they could be dangerous in the future. Yeah, I, I think seeing DeAndre Washington go to uh, Miami, I don't think it's necessarily a big move, but I think Tyler kind of hit it on the head. They are making moves. I don't think it's just clear to what they are exactly yet. They're shuffling pieces around to see what. Yeah, they're to trying do. to see what works. Yeah, they definitely know it, 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 They know where they're going with their quarterback. It's now they just have to fill in all the other pieces. Yeah, it bring it brings in competition. Um, it, it gets rid of entitlement. Yeah, uh, people can't you know feel safe. You can't just show up and have a last name on the back of your jersey. Um, they're getting pieces. Uh, they're putting them in the position to succeed what they do best at. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I like it, obviously. <laughs> All right. Well, overall, I think, uh, like I said, when I started talking about this, I think the trade deadline was going to be a little bit more exciting given uh, the it was nature. A dub, of, for sure. Yeah, and given the, the nature of the, the, the big names that moved the day before, uh, even All some the of the pool, insiders the were pool. like, it's we're anticipating yeah, a lot of moves. Does. All the polls lied to us. You know, they like, always do. They had, all these, they had all these experts telling us all this bullshit. Yeah, exactly. They but the it, polls it, never it tell the truth. Dud. It was a dud. It was a dud, man. I was I thought Seattle was gonna make another move. Thought maybe Will Fuller would be on the move. Uh I was hoping maybe Tack McKinley you know, thought Dallas. he was gonna leave Atlanta. I thought there maybe you know, Dallas maybe make a move for a quarterback, which is always interesting, but um, yeah, man, huge, huge dud on trade deadline as far as entertainment goes. Yep, but, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Uh, those teams that we thought were going to make moves that didn't either couldn't come to an agreement or thought, you know what, we're going to stick with the guys we got here and uh, make that push. But I think uh, Dallas has got to be the real loser of the night. Well, I think Dallas is now uh, in the tank for Trevor. Uh, 
Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, they're still in the playoff picture. So, especially if this rule goes through and they end up approving 16 teams, you know. Yeah, that'll year, be interesting. Then it's like, man, they really need to try to grab a hold of this division. Yeah, I mean, but the the only way that the 16-team playoff would come in is if they have to cancel more games for COVID and then they have to go by, like, winning percentage. So hopefully well, it doesn't come well, to that. Let's well, let's see what the let's see what these weeks matchups look like. Yeah, Maybe we'll see some games that could be canceled. Speaking of that, let's uh let's make our picks of the week. But before that, this segment of the Sports Kingdom show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at eight one eight four five one eight five three nine, or you can check out his website jdiamondestates.com. DRE number zero two zero six eight three one one. All right, week nine. But before we talk about week nine, Jacob, how did you do in week eight? What was your oh, record? Boy. This this week was not a good week. After going, it 11, wasn't for me. No, after going eleven and three the f- week before, this week was eight and six. All right, I went eight and six as well. Uh, what's your overall record? Overall, I'm eighty and thirty nine. Okay, I'm seventy eight and forty one. Tyler, how did you do? I went 9-5, and five and I'm 80 and 39. So, all right, Jacob, what are you? 80 and 39. Tyler, you're 80 and 39, and then I'm 78 and 41. Oh, man, I got some ground to make up. Uh, all right, well, like Tyler was just mentioning, let's, let's see if these slate of games happens. Uh, the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers are – supposed to be playing on Thursday night football this week. It is a rematch of the AFC championship game, but here's the thing. The running back room in green Bay has, I believe three members on the COVID list because AJ Dillon got COVID and then Jamal Williams was uh, named as a close contact. And then I believe one other, Uh, of their backup running backs was named as a close contact. So they are on the COVID list and cannot play. And then for San Francisco, uh, I believe it's wide receiver Kevin or Kendrick Bourne. uh, He tested positive for COVID-19 and now left tackle Trent Williams and receivers Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are also all on the COVID list. So that is, I believe, three Packers. It might be two Packers. Uh, but for sure four San Francisco 49ers are on the COVID list. And then in addition to that, the San Francisco 49ers will also be without quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who is out for the foreseeable future. And then uh, George Kittle is also out for, I believe, six to eight weeks with a broken bone in his foot. So He says two. Yeah, I know he says two, but let's so- – uh, I'm going with two. Yeah, that that team can't catch a break with the injuries. No, this that, is that that kid's tough as nails. He could do it. I mean, I I hope so. But well, I, I know just, he can do it. But I mean, the whole team, the whole team is suffering. Yeah, the whole team is suffering. But I don't. I just don't want George Kittle to to rush back and get hurt. So, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, no, it's not going to be interesting because the Packers are going to win this game because San Francisco is so decimated, but this game was supposed to be 
an exciting Thursday night football matchup as the AFC championship game rematch. Uh, we saw what happened in that game where I believe San Francisco ran for what was it? 186 yards before contact in the AFC championship game where they made the green Bay Packers look absolutely silly on their way to an appearance in the super bowl. But I mean, this game it's, it's just not going to be the same. I have Green Bay winning. Green Bay is favored in this game by a touchdown. Uh, if I was to bet on it, I would take that spread. Uh, Green Bay minus seven. Uh, Tyler, what about you? Who do you have winning this game? And if you were to bet on it, yeah. what, would, what, what would happen? I, uh, man, I don't know if this, you know, the first bet, I think it would be as if this game's going to play. <laughs> yeah, like, fingers crossed. Definitely the game of the most jeopardy, but uh, definitely think Green Bay uh, will cover the spread and, and obviously win the game uh, by more than a touchdown. Um, San Francisco, like you said, is just decimated by injury this year. Um, it's and you know they're missing, they're missing, you know they are missing Goodwin uh, due to COVID before the season even started. Obviously Garoppolo, Kittle, um, that that offense is just crushed. Jacob, what about you? Who do you got winning this game? And uh, do you have Green Bay covering that minus seven spread? Uh, I do. Uh, again, this is a tough game because, man, I really had more confidence in the Packers last week, but you know how that went, and everybody knows how that went. Yeah, I was. I want. I more wanted to talk good about Minnesota when we talked about that game than more yeah. talk bad about Green Bay because I think Green that game said more about Minnesota than it did about Green Bay. But, well, well, to me, it just shows that Green Bay is maybe not as big as a contender as a contender as I thought they were. Okay. But again, I I'm going with the Packers on this one, and this is only because they are the better team, and this is a Niners team that is just struggling with the uh, injuries. All right. So you got Green Bay winning and covering. Yeah. And Tyler and I do as well. So all right, the Sunday slate of games. The first matchup we got is the Denver Broncos coming into that matchup uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. I got it right this time. The Atlanta Falcons at home in Atlanta. Uh, the Broncos are 3-4, and four, coming off a last-second victory over the Los Angeles Chargers. And then the Falcons are 2-6. and six. They're coming off their second victory of the year over the Carolina Panthers, who are, who are still without Christian McCaffrey. The line for this is Atlanta minus 4, I have Atlanta winning this game. I do not have them covering this minus four. I think this is going to be a close game, and I think Atlanta wins on a game-winning field goal. So there's that. Um, so Damn. that's uh, that's actually uh, uh, I'm actually with you there. Like I took, um, I, I think it is going to be like a field goal game because I took Denver. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. But, but I took Denver in the spread. Uh, I took Atlanta to win. So I guess I'm with you. Okay. All right. Because you said you said Atlanta uh, uh, three point uh, field goal to win it. Yeah. I th basically I think it's going to come down to Matt Ryan has to march the team down to win the game. They're not going to be able really? to convert on third down, and they're going to have to win the game on a field goal when it's tied. Yep. I got. Uh, I got. I got the same. I'm riding with you. I got Atlanta winning, but I'm taking Denver in the 
in the bet with it's negative four, right? Yeah, Atlanta minus four. Yep, I'm taking Denver in the spread, Atlanta in the win. Jacob, what about you? I hate every game that involves the Falcons because every time <laughs> I pick them, they lose. Every time I don't pick them, they win. So <laughs> this one, I don't know where it's going to go. They're probably going to win, but I'm taking the Broncos. All right, you have them. Uh, who do you do? You have Atlanta covering the minus four, or uh, I don't. Yeah. Okay, so you're basically you're with Tyler. Yeah. Okay. All right, the next matchup we got is Tyler's Seattle Seahawks, the number four team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. They're coming in at six and one, coming off a win uh, over the San Francisco 49ers. And I agree, Tyler, the Seattle Seahawks are the best team in the NFC West right now. Uh, and then they are taking on the number eight team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Buffalo Bills, who are coming in at six and two. They are coming off a win against the Patriots. But like we said, that was supposed to be a statement game for Buffalo, and I think that win over the Patriots was a little too close for comfort for not also not even not just Buffalo, but for me myself to have confidence in them in this game, even though they are at home against Seattle. I have Seattle winning. The line for this is Seattle minus three. I also have Seattle covering this, so I think they win by at least a touchdown. I think that Russell is going to have another impressive game on offense, but it is a morning game traveling to the East Coast, so it's it's going to be a fun one for sure. Yeah, if I'm taking Seattle all the way, uh, it will be a tight game. Uh, these East Coast trips are tough, but uh, um, I think this is Seattle, even though if it we're a little banged up at running back, our, our passing game is is too elite, and I don't think Buffalo can score enough points to, you know, they'll get a couple stops because they have a good defense. But ultimately, I think our passing game is too good for them um, to stop us, and the offense won't be able to compete with the amount of points we put up. Jacob, what about you? I got Seattle winning this game uh, by a touchdown, too. Um, I've said this all year so far. I mean, we're in week nine, but Russell Wilson is my MVP leading candidate. And it was him and Rodgers, but after last week again with the Packers, I'm not really sure how, where that puts them, but Wilson's been incredible. So I think this is a big game for them, though. Yeah, and they are getting Jamal Adams back this week. That's correct, Tyler? Uh, yeah, it's it's trending. Like, this is the most likely he's looked to play since, uh, since the injury. Yeah, and then Dunlap suiting up this week? We believe so. All right, see, there you go. All right, the next matchup we got is the Chicago Bears coming off an overtime loss to the New Orleans Saints coming in at 5-3. and three. They're going to Tennessee to take on the number nine team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Tennessee Titans, who are coming in at 5-2. and two. They have two losses in a row now. They lost by 11 to Cincinnati last week, and Tyler, I could not agree more when you said that that was a very bad loss for Tennessee. Um, but... I think that Chicago is more of a fraud than Tennessee is. So I'm going with Tennessee winning this game, but I think Chicago uh, Chicago covers the six points. Uh, so I think they, they keep it within a touchdown. Uh, maybe, maybe comes down to a last second field goal in this game as well. Um, but the line for it is Tennessee minus six. So I think, Chicago wins by 
six points or less. Or got, Chicago got, Chicago loses by six points or less. Excuse me. I still yeah, have Tennessee winning yeah. the game. Yeah, Chicago gets six points. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I got Tennessee covering this spread. I think Tennessee will have a good bounce back game. Um, every team kind of has a wake up loss, uh, and I think that Cincinnati was definitely that. So uh, I definitely like your phrasing with Chicago's a bigger fraud. Uh, <laughs> I definitely think that Chicago at five and three is a fraud. Um, they're not that dangerous of a football team, and you know, I like Tennessee to kind of bounce back this week and get it, get this dub. Jacob, what about you? Yeah, no, I definitely think Chicago is a fraud. Uh, so I got to take the Titans on this one and them covering the spread. All right. The next matchup we got is the Baltimore Ravens, who are coming in at five and two, the number five team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. And they're going to ball uh, they're going to Indianapolis to take on the number ten team in the TSK show power rankings, the Indianapolis Colts, who are also five and two. Uh Baltimore, they lost to Pittsburgh. And I have some questions about Lamar Jackson against good teams because it seems to me that whenever he gets put up against a pretty solid defense they seem to have him figured out already so uh I still think Lamar Jackson is a good quarterback but it's I want to see him play consistently well against good defenses and I think Indianapolis is probably the quietest five and two team in the entire NFL like when I saw their record when I was doing my notes and it said that they were five and two and I was like, Wait, Indy's five and two? How are they five and two? And good good run game, good defense. Yeah, no, and that's that's exactly why I think that Indianapolis is gonna win this game and they're gonna cover the the two and a half points that Baltimore is favored on the road. I think that with Darius Leonard coming back to Indianapolis's defense, that is huge. And the run game, like you said, Tyler, looked incredible last week. I mean, T.Y. Hilton needs to get healthy. He has been very inconsistent uh, because he hasn't been out on the field because he, he keeps getting hurt. And then I know we keep saying Phillip Rivers looks old and he keeps turning the ball over, but, I mean, Indy's 5-2 and two and they keep finding ways to win games. So I think that with the way that Lamar Jackson looked against as solid of a defense as Pittsburgh has, and Pittsburgh I think has a much better defense than Indy, but Indy, Indy's defense is, is no slouch. So I got Indy winning this game, and I have him covering the, the two and a half points that Baltimore has been given on the road. I like, uh, I like it. I like your breakdown. But I gotta, I, I'm definitely going to go with Baltimore in this one, though. Um, you know, I think that they're they're pissed off. They know that they basically have to sharpen the edges. They know that they're a really good football team. They're right there, but they can't get past the big games. And and your criticism of uh, Lamar in big, you know, all the six big primetime games he's played, he's lost. He's 0-6. Um, and, uh, you know, that be, to me, I, but I just, I don't want to put that all on Lamar. I don't think that Lamar is the reason why they're losing to really good teams. 
uh, he's a well-rounded enough player to where you're not limited uh, play calling wise. You don't have to stick him in a box. And so if these really good teams are figuring him out, that's some of that responsibility has to go to the play calling as well as Lamar Jackson. Um, And, you know, it's like, you know, when I was looking at the stats, his ability versus the blitz last year and this year is like really this kind of the outlier stat that he's been horrible against the blitz this year. And last year he crushed it. So they're just these fine little tweaks away from being a Super Bowl contending football team. Uh, and they're coming off of a loss to a team that they really wanted to beat to show that they were they were not going to let them get leapfrogged, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and so I got I got Baltimore winning this uh, in a tight one. I do like Indianapolis, but uh, I think Baltimore's got too much uh, firepower for them. Yeah, I got to go with the Ravens too on this one. Just just like you mentioned, Eric, about the Colts' defense, that Ravens' defense is incredible. And I know the teams are kind of figuring out Lamar here and there, but they played a really good Steelers team this past weekend. So I think it was kind of tough for them in that matchup, but overall I still have them winning this game and kind of correcting all their mistakes of, of teams figuring him out here and there. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, Baltimore's defense is good. And, I mean, I know I – criticize Lamar and how he's been in in big games and against other good teams but I'm, I don't want to take away from the fact that he is a legit quarterback in the NFL and he's probably the second best young quarterback I think behind Patrick Mahomes it's just I just I think Indy's defense is rolling so well, that's, they, they, and they haven't and they haven't played well they haven't won the important games yeah exactly Lamar so that's where I mean it's just, uh, I think it's more Ravens as Lamar. Yeah. So, all right, the next matchup we got is the Carolina Panthers coming in at 3-5, and five, coming off a loss uh, to Atlanta. They're going to Kansas City to take on the number one team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. Uh, the Chiefs are coming in at 7-1. and one. Um we don't know if Christian McCaffrey is going to play. He was active last week, but didn't play. Um, so I'm assuming he's going to play this week, uh, but still, I don't think it's going to be enough. The Chiefs, obviously, they beat the Jets like they should, but we talked about it last week and it being a revenge game for Le'Veon against the Jets, and we thought that was for sure going to mean he was going to get a touchdown. I'm curious really after watching how they used him against the Jets what Le'Veon's role is with this team and what they're doing with the run game with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell so I don't know but either way I have Kansas City winning this game the line for this is Kansas City minus 11 I think they cover that 11 points I think that Kansas City wins by at least two touchdowns in this game. Oh, most definitely. I think the the reigning Super Bowl champs, I mean, they looked so dominant against the Jets. You saw well, the way you saw the way that Tyreek Hill was celebrating, running up the the stands like fifteen rows deep, uh, almost even touching the fans that were in the crowd, and uh, Travis Kelsey Duncan on the goalpost that was I mean that was vicious and you know you're not supposed to do that but he did it anyway uh they they were just having a lot of fun playing football uh oh the piggyback ride was hilarious uh 
Tyreek Hill jumping on uh, Patrick Mahomes' back. So, I mean, they're they're having a lot of fun playing football. And, I mean, when you have the reigning Super Bowl champs going up against a rookie head coach in Matt Rule and his team, the Carolina Panthers, I know they're 3-5 and five and they're, they're playing, I think, better than expected without Christian McCaffrey. But Kansas City is just going to be too much. So, I, I got Kansas City winning this game and covering that minus 11 spread. Yeah, they're definitely going to cover. Um, they're going to score 30. We'll see what <laughs> Carolina can. We'll see what Carolina can put up on the board. Carolina's playing okay for you know what they've been dealt uh, and being in the transition as a franchise. Uh, but uh, yeah, Kansas City, big time. Yeah, I think this is another easy win for the Chiefs and Mahomes. I think too many options. Adding Le'Veon Bell is giving them another deadly option, but actually you bring up a good point. How are they going to use them? Maybe there's such a thing of having too many options that you kind of just becomes, you know, stale on the offensive end. But, yeah, this is – I don't even know why I'm I'm talking about the spread so much, but they're going to win by two touchdowns at least. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next matchup we got is the Detroit Lions coming in at three and four. They're going to Minnesota to take on their divisional rival, the Minnesota Vikings, who are coming in at two and five. Uh, the ESPN app didn't have a line for this game, so I, I'm assuming it's just going to be a straight up pick 'em. Uh, but Detroit, they're coming off a 20 point loss to the Indianapolis Colts. They also had to place their quarterback, Matt Stafford, on the COVID reserve list, but he didn't test positive. It's because he came into a close contact with someone who did, who's not a part of the organization. And so he's on the reserve list, but he still has the potential to be active on Sunday if he produces enough negative tests before a, a certain day. And so there's still hope that he can play, but he might not. And then obviously Minnesota, they're coming off the upset victory over the Green Bay Packers, like we mentioned earlier. I wanted to talk more about Minnesota and Dalvin Cook because it was the Dalvin Cook show and it was really interesting that it happened the game before Green Bay was going to be playing San Francisco and what happened against San Francisco in the AFC or the NFC championship game last year and so I mean the Minnesota Vikings last weekend were the Dalvin Cook show he scored four touchdowns it was the first time a Vikings running back had scored four touchdowns in a game since Ahmad Rashad. <laughs> Funny enough, uh, NBA commentator and former NFL player Ahmad Rashad and Michael Jordan's friend who was featured a bunch Which in the last dance. It's funny. When that stat came out, there was NBA players who had zero idea that he oh, played yeah. football. A lot of young NBA players were on Twitter like, wait, Ahmad Rashad played in the NFL? Yeah. yeah, that's the that shout out Mount Tahoma High School in Tacoma, Washington. That's a modern shot high school. No way, he's from Washington. Yes, sir. All the good ones are. <laughs> of course he is. Of course he is. No big deal. Michael Jordan's best friend. I don't yeah. know. No big deal. Whatever. Whatever. But um, I got Minnesota. Yeah, it, it is a good comparison though that you bring up. You know, Dalvin and Matter. Uh, their NFC championship last year. Yeah, so I'm no, you're good. 
I just uh, I think they're going to be able to keep running. No, all, all pun intended. Actually, they're going to be able to keep running with that momentum, and I, I think they're going to be able to beat Detroit. I know Detroit made the the move a couple of days ago before the trade deadline for Everson Griffin, so that will obviously bolster their defense. But I mean, Dalvin Cook was just unreal against the Packers. He's he's probably the best running back in the league right now. He's definitely. I mean, you know, I don't know if he's number one, but he's definitely one of the one of the top guys. He's an elite back. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of should be the recipe for success for them is to beat in the rock. Now they just can't get down early. Their defense needs to support them yeah. uh, because you don't want to resort to the, you don't want to have to be, you know, tied to the passing game, I guess. You don't want to be uh, tied to Kirk Cousins is what you really want to say. Yeah, because I think, you know, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson statistically might be having the best year of all these uh, rookie wide receiver. He's been incredible. Uh, and, uh, you know, and now feeling, we know what he's done in the NFL. So, uh, I hate, I hate to pick this game because I, I'm, I'm horrible at picking Minnesota games, but I'm going to pick them to win. Um, I like, uh, you know, I purely just like their, their momentum right now. Uh, the Detroit lions are still kind of trying to figure it out. I think that, the Detroit Lions have a lot of good things for them, especially when Stafford's on the field. But I think Minnesota's defense is good enough in the scenario I talked about earlier that they'll be able to keep keep Detroit's score uh, fairly low to where Minnesota will be able to concentrate on running the ball and keeping it in Dalvin Cook's hands and, and ultimately win. Jacob, what about you? I actually got the Lions winning this game. Interesting. Okay. I, yeah. I, I know the Vikings picked up a big win last week, but it's just kind of tough to, to go with them week in, week out, just how their season has gone. Uh, I know Dalvin Cook was incredible on Sunday, but there's something about this Lions-Vikings matchup that I, I don't know. I'm just kind of feeling Detroit on this one. Hey, that's fine. All right. The next matchup we got is the New York Giants coming in at 1-7. and seven. Uh, Danny Dimes was almost able to get it done against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in prime time, but they came up short. They're going to Washington, D.C. to take on the Washington football team, the Washington football team coming in at 2-5. and five. They're coming off their bye week. Washington is favored minus 2.5 at home, but, uh, I mean, with the way Danny Dimes – looked uh as he was marching the giants down the field and almost coming back against tampa bay i think he's going to be able to to get the job done at washington i don't think washington is that good of a football team obviously they are going through a lot of question marks at quarterback um so i got the giants winning this game and covering the the two and a half points that Washington was given, I think that New York wins by a field goal or more. Washington is it Washington favored in this one? Yes, Washington is favored minus two and a half. Yeah, uh, I got. Uh, I think Washington's going to end up winning this game at home. Uh, I don't think Daniel Dimes is enough to to get very many uh, to get get a ton of wins. Uh, there's not a ton that I like about D.C., but I do like their coach, Ron Rivera, and, uh, you know, 
I think that ultimately he's just trying to kind of steer this ship and, and, and figure out what kind of pieces he's got. He's new in town. Um, there's going to be a lot of turnover on the roster, I'm assuming. We've already seen their their big quarterback change, but he changed to a quarterback that he knows and trusts. So um, I like I just think that I like the Washington football team's uh, setup and foundation more so than the Giants to me are just a mess. Yeah, see, I have the Giants winning this game, and frankly, I hate these NFC uh, East games. I'm I mean, we all do. I'm sick of them. <laughs> like. Thursday night matchups, Monday night football. Like, I'm tired of watching these games, but hopefully this is the last one. No, it's not. <laughs> well, we, we still got wishful thinking, eight more but, weeks. But I'm taking the Giants again. Not a, not a game I'm going to watch. I'll just check the score later on. Yeah. What were you saying, Tyler? I said I think there's 80 here, bud. Yeah. All righty. Maybe, maybe more. Well, I'm, I'm sick of them. All right, the next matchup we got is uh, a matchup between two one-and-six teams, and they're both coming off a bye. The Houston Texans going to Jacksonville to take on their divisional rival, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Houston is favored by a touchdown, minus seven on the road. Gardner Minshew is out indefinitely. Jacksonville is going to be starting Jake Lutton, the rookie. Um, I have Houston winning this game. And covering, I have them winning by more than a touchdown, at least. Um, I think that Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, um, Brandon Cooks, they're going to be too much for Jacksonville. Um, Obviously, starting a rookie quarterback and having to have him go against someone like J.J. Watt that uh, doesn't usually bode well for the rookie quarterback. So... uh, I got Houston winning and covering. Uh, what about you, Tyler? Yeah, I got Houston covering. Jacksonville is going to be kind of a. It's going to be tough to watch. I think they're not. They're not playing to win games. Luton's not part of their future. Um, we all know what's coming. I think Jacksonville is looking to go to tank to to look into tank. Yeah, Jacob. What about you? Same. I got the Texans. So looks like a three around. Again, they've had a tough schedule this this uh, season. I, I can't stress that enough, but I think coming off this bye, I think they're, they're a different team. Yeah, I mean, their season's been tough, but, I mean, it. they also got rid of the arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL well, and didn't really get much in return. Yeah, they're paying for it, though. Oh, 100% they're paying for it. But well, our, and he's gone. Yeah. All right, the next matchup we got is the Las Vegas Raiders coming in at 4-3. and three. They're coming here to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers, coming in at 2-5. and five. This game is even, so it's a, a straight pick em. Uh The Raiders, they're coming off a crazy, windy win against the Cleveland Browns. Um, and then the Chargers, they're coming off that crushing loss to Denver at the last second. Uh, I have Las Vegas winning this game. Um, I know Justin Herbert has been definitely the brightest spot of the Chargers season so far but losing Desmond King to trade uh, the injuries that they have experienced I just I think the Raiders have too much for Los Los Angeles Uh, that's weird saying Los Angeles Um, I got I got the Raiders winning this game what about you Tyler I've got the Chargers I like Herbert to get his first win as a starter 
No, it's second, so second, second. I, I, what do you mean? I It'd be a second. I one win on the year. No, they, they're two and five. Oh, they're two and five. Okay, my fault. Sorry. Um, I still like Herbert to get the get the win against the Raiders. Uh, they've been so close in so many games uh, that I think you know eventually they're going to get over the hump. Uh, John Gruden is a, is an exceptional coach. I'm sure he's going to have a great uh, game plan for Herbert. But uh, I like Justin to get get out there, get a dub against this divisional opponent this, uh, in Los Angeles. I I love what Herbert's been doing this season, but last week I bet on them and it was tough. Uh oh. Yeah, so I got to go with the Raiders on this one. Derek Carr I think pulls this one out. His O line is just that much more better than the Chargers. And honestly, Chargers twenty twenty year. It's it hasn't it, been it, it hasn't been just twenty twenty for yeah, them. It's, it's been a few years. This has been the same movie over and over and over again with injuries. So it's going to be hard picking the Chargers from here on out. Yep. All right, the next matchup we got is the number two team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. The last undefeated team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they beat the Baltimore Ravens last week to remain undefeated. They're going to Dallas, to Jerry World, to take on the Cowboys, coming in at 2-6. and six. They lost to Philadelphia last week. And Pittsburgh is favored in this game, obviously. They are favored minus 14 uh, so they, they're favored by at least two touchdowns. I have Pittsburgh winning this game. They're a much better team than Dallas. Uh, but I don't think it is by 14 points or more. I think it's it's more just they win by a touchdown. But they also could get a defensive touchdown at the end or at some point in the game where it, it puts them up two scores. And they could cover, but I, I wouldn't bet on it. Dallas has no quarterback, no offensive line. Uh, I got, I got to take Pittsburgh and covering the fourteen point spread. Jeez, um, they're 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 prolific on offense, um, and they're dominant on defense. So uh, I like Pittsburgh in a, in a huge win. Yeah, it would take a miracle for them to lose this game. Yeah, on, on the there'd be there would have to be a lot of things going the right way for the Cowboys. Zeke would have to play like Dalvin Cook did. Exactly. But that's not probably going to happen. Uh, but I am taking the Steelers with the spread as as long as uh, as well as Tyler. Okay. So, all right. The next matchup we got is the Miami Dolphins coming in at four and three. They're going to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals, coming in at five and two. The Cardinals coming off a bye, and then the Miami Dolphins, uh, obviously coming off that upset victory over my Los Angeles Rams. Uh, but that win was more because of turnovers. They had a defensive touchdown. They had a special teams touchdown. They forced four turnovers in the first half, two interceptions and two fumbles. In my opinion, Tua wasn't all that special. He didn't uh, even eclipse 100 passing yards in his first game. His first passing attempt, Aaron Donald had a strip sack fumble for uh i believe it was for a touchdown uh i can't remember it was yeah so it was. it was for a touchdown uh for the rams early on in the game it was on his first passing attempt so i mean it was obviously a tough matchup for tua to go up against the rams defense and the rams defense wasn't the reason why they lost that game uh with with any shadow of a doubt but 
Um, I mean, Tua, he looked okay, um, but I didn't, I didn't really see anything that special. But it's obviously a work in progress with him. Um, but I also think that Arizona is a much better team than Miami. Uh, they're in a much better division this year than Miami. They've, they've, I think, had to play against stronger competition than Miami. And so I think, obviously, getting that extra week coming off the bye. I know Miami is probably riding high off of that victory over L.A., but it's, I mean, I think Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, they're, they're going to be too much for Miami's defense. So I got Arizona winning this game. They're favored minus four and a half. Uh, I have Arizona winning by at least a touchdown. So I got them covering that, that four and a half point spread as well. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue my Miami love. I'll sprinkle in. I think that they, I think, I think they're going to win this. The uh, I'm taking Miami in the spread. I think they keep the game close. Uh, but ultimately, I think Arizona is going to win by a field goal. Uh, I think Arizona is slightly better, slightly hotter, but this Miami team is competitive and uh, uh, they play good special teams. They play good defense uh, and they have the offense that is kind of an unknown. We don't know what it looks like because I mean, we didn't see a lot from Tua. Tua didn't really get to show a lot of, of what he could do. A lot of his range uh, special teams and defense uh, took care of that game. Uh, the Dolphins punter put him in, put the Rams in tough positions the entire day. Uh, the defense played good enough to uh, hold them back, and offense did just enough to get the dub. So I think it'll be a similar performance for Miami, but they'll fall up a tad short on the W. But they will, uh, given Miami four and a half points, I'll take Miami. Jacob, what about you? Man, this is going to be a really good game, I think, in my opinion. You, you see the Dolphins, you're like, eh, not really, but – it's two young quarterbacks. Both are solid, and I have to agree with you. I think it's going to be a little bit too much, though, for the Dolphins, uh, what what the Cardinals have, all their pieces, Hopkins. Um, So I think I'm taking – I have them winning by at least a touchdown as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. The Sunday night matchup, it's a good one. I believe it's a rematch of opening night. It's better than last Sunday's. <laughs> Much better than last Sunday's. Um, yeah, and it is a rematch. Okay, so it's the second time this season and the last time this season that the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will play each other in the regular season. They could end up in the NFC Championship game, depending on how things shake out. But as of right now, the number six team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the 5-2 and two New Orleans Saints, they're going to Tampa Bay to take on the 6-2 and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the number three team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. Uh, Tampa Bay is favored minus five in this game. Uh, New Orleans coming off the overtime victory in Chicago. Uh, we talked about it already. They traded for Quan Alexander from the San Francisco 49ers. But once again, there are still question marks surrounding Michael Thomas and his availability. Tyler, you said that uh, Michael Thomas has played what seven games for you combined with uh, uh seven no with OBJ yeah yeah so it's he he's missed the last Just six one, games he's, he's, yeah he's played one game yeah so it's I mean I have no idea what's happening with Michael Thomas 
in New Orleans. First it was the injury, then he gets uh, fined by the team and uh, they decide not to play him for disciplinary reasons because of something that happened at practice. Um, so it's... I think he's a frustrated superstar wide receiver coming off an injury. I think he wants to be out there. And, you know, to Michael Thomas's credit, I think, because I was always worried about the fight, the fight incident. You know, there's always two sides to a fight. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it, I, I assume that maybe a young corner was getting at him a little too aggressively, you know, and he's a primetime player getting paid a lot of money. Uh, really important to the team and if, if someone at practice is going hard on me when i'm hurt i'm gonna be pissed about it now it turns out that the dude that he punched is also the same guy that was punched by the tight end by the bears oh and, i did not know that oh we didn't so even talk game. about that oh my oh yeah there goodness. was a lot of fights this weekend not not even just that and, one but i watched so, a lot of games with fights i, I can't believe we forgot he yeah. forgot about that and so the play the play before the punch uh, number 22, I don't have his name in front of me, but 22 for the Saints. He had his finger in Anthony Miller's face mask. No, but there was um, a different play that got and, No, I know. No, I'm so, so – and then, you know, play before that, he, he apparently spits on the tight end, Mims, uh, and then, you know, the Mims punches him. No, there was something okay. else too, Tyler. Apparently – Okay, and, and so there's that, something else. And and then and Michael Thomas is the one that punches them at practice. So it's like all of a sudden I think that this needs to be added into Michael Thomas's like defense because yeah you know maybe this maybe this kid is an instigator. Yeah. Well, so what happened was initially, uh, I believe it's Gardner Johnson. He took out Mims's the Chicago Bears wide receiver. He took his mouth guard out, and then Mims or Mims or Wims, whatever his last name is, he was on the bench on the sideline for 11 minutes in between him getting his mouth guard taken out of his mouth and him taking out uh, Gardner Johnson's mouthpiece and then punching him twice. So, I don't, I mean, clearly that. And apparently it was spit on too, you know. Like oh. I've heard. So now we got people spitting on each other during COVID. What is happening? So that's why you just you, you never know with a fight, but all of it could be bullshit too, you know. Yeah. Um, we don't we don't know what happened on that field, but all I'm saying is this kid is the common denominator in all of these incidences, and uh, you know maybe Michael Thomas is dealing with you know uh, fair uh, obstacles. You know, he, maybe he did reaggravate it. it. You know, he aggravated his hamstring uh, maybe because of his high ankle sprain. Maybe he fought this kid in practice. Not because this kid crossed the line. Who knows? You know, uh, Michael Thomas. I think is going to come back and make this a better football team. Um, but ultimately, I got to get back to the point. I guess I got the Bucks winning this game. Yeah, I I have the Bucks winning this game as well. But I think New Orleans is able to keep it close. They are obviously a, a good, solid team in the NFC. They are in our top ten power rankings, and they did make. Uh, an improvement on defense by adding Quan Alexander. I don't know if he'll be active this week, but him going forward on the team is going to bode well for them. So, and I mean, listen, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, they're going to put on a show hopefully on Sunday night football. It's going to be a show. I definitely know that. 
Yeah, and listen, Antonio Brown is now active for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so we could see him make his debut on Sunday Night Football against the Saints. So it's it's going to be explosive. Uh, like I said, I have Tampa Bay winning, but I think New Orleans keeps it close and keeps it within that five-point range. Uh, Tyler, you have Tampa Bay winning. Do you have them covering that five points, or do you have New Orleans keeping it closer? I do. I think that uh, I think that they cover the spread. I think that Tampa Bay's become a better football team since Week One, and I think that sure. New Orleans is, has has taken steps backwards. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with this matchup. These are two of the best in the class of the NFC, uh, but I I mean Tampa is just a scary. Drew, excuse me, Tom Brady with all these weapons is just unbelievable with all this coaching. Um, he's in one of the best setups of his career. Yeah, but I think it was kind of shocking to see how they played on Monday Night Football. I think they really played down to their competition uh, on Monday night, and Tom Brady was not happy. Uh, you could see him visibly upset on the sideline multiple times throughout that game. And so I think it will be uh, a welcomed addition with Antonio Brown giving Tom Brady another weapon. Uh, on offense so uh jacob what about you who do you have winning this game i got the bucks taking this one i know they got surprised in the first matchup but i don't think that this will happen the second time around the saints i think they're a little flat uh even if they do get thomas back i still think that that game was just caught the bucks off by surprise and i think the bucks are kind of figuring it out tom brady he's figuring out who his go-to receivers are i think the system's kind of piecing itself together um so i'll take the bucks and I think they win this one by at least a touchdown. Okay. All right. So you got them covering the five points yeah. as well. It, it will be close, but I think they win by a touchdown. Okay. All right. The uh, the final matchup, the Monday night game, we got the New England Patriots. They are coming off uh, a win against the Jets. Or, excuse me. Who did the, Why am I blanking on who the Patriots played? They played the Bills. They lost to the Bills. And it was because Cam Newton fumbled at the end. But they're now going to be facing the winless New York Jets on Monday Night Football. The Jets coming in at 0-8. The New England Patriots are favored in this game, minus 7. Um, are the Patriots done, Tyler? I mean... Losing the way they did to the Bills, got to be really disheartening. They are now down Julian Edelman. They are still without Stephon Gilmore. They they just don't look like the same team. And obviously they they weren't going to this year, but it's I think it's been a lot worse than people were expecting. Well, they're not the same team. I mean, this team uh, is not the Patriots of old. But this is not – no. Your, to answer your question, no, I don't think they're over. I don't believe that the Belichick, uh, the Belichick era is over in New England. I think next year they'll be right back in the mix. Uh, they've faced the most COVID uh, battles, I would say. They, I think that they've been hit hardest, hit the most hard by COVID. Um, I don't think that the game last week – you know, in my power rankings, I said Buffalo, I feel like, has to feel a little disappointed that they basically 
I mean, they they got lucky Cam fumbled that football. Yeah, I mean, know? we said that was so, supposed to be a statement sure. game for them, and it, it, it didn't turn out to be that yeah. way. So I think that there are things that you feel good about. I mean, there, New England is not competing with a full deck right now. Uh, I think that we're going to see similar moves to, like, Golden State this year, where it's just like, the, the you know, they were just built to to win with a certain roster. It's getting mixed up. Um, there's some injuries that go along um, this year. They're going to, they're going to be out of it. They're not going to be a playoff team, but next year they're going to be right back in the mix of everything. Um, their quarterback situation will be more ironed out, whether it's Cam Sidham or another guy, um, you know, Bill Belichick is not going anywhere. He's going to have a ton of, you know, a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball, a ton of talent on the offensive line. Uh, he's the master in the draft. Uh, he's a master at, you know, making, uh, making adjustments. So uh, the Patriots day is not over. Uh, they're going to be able to, you know, they just need to get out of their own way in a couple of these games. They're real close. You know, if Cam doesn't fumble the ball, uh, maybe they beat Buffalo. If Cam punches it in against Seattle on the one yard line, they beat Seattle. And then all of a sudden they have four wins. It's a different story. So uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's horrible. It's just, they're not playing with a full deck and they're being compared to the greatest run we've ever seen in team sport history, you know? So there's a lot to live up there. I think that they beat the jets. Yeah. I mean, they're lucky they faced the jets this week. Yeah. But I mean, that's, you know, that's the NFL schedule. This is a divisional opponent. Um, They're 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 never, no one's ever going to give the Patriots the easy way out. You know, no one's ever going to be easy on these guys. They're going to have to earn everything. So, uh, because they've been the big bully of of the of the league for the last two decades, so, but they don't have to do much against the Jets to win. I think Belichick and Cam Newton on their own will try to will will get this done. Yeah, no, I think uh, they still win this week against the Jets. Uh, the Jets, they're the they're the lone winless team. They might not win a game all year, based off of how things are going. Uh, I do think New England covers uh, the minus seven and does win by at least a touchdown. So I think they're going to catch a break this week. But, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Bill Belichick adjusts the rest of the season and, and what kind of approach the Patriots take uh, moving forward, especially next year. Uh, I think he's really I think he's really kicking himself for taking Nikhil Harry <laughs> in 2019 over DK Metcalf. I mean, he should be. So I mean, you know, you know, you never know. You have DK Metcalf, Tom Brady might stay, and and you got Tom Brady and DK Metcalf. This might be a whole new, whole different ball game. Jacob, who you got winning this game? Again, I said in the beginning, Patriots this season is a little tough to see kind of where they're going at. Um, but actually, Tyler brought up a good game. It's that Seattle game that was really close, and I remember that was a great game. I think it was in the first or second week. I want to say that they played the Seahawks. Yeah, I think I think it was I think it was week two actually. Yeah, so yeah, no, that to me was a great game, very close, super competitive. So they're again, they're just a couple inches almost, you know, you could say from winning these games, and it's a completely different story with them. Yeah, they're a little bit blessed in getting the Jets this week, but I think they have a lot of uh, answers to um, to get through because they pick up a wide receiver from the trade, but again, I don't know how much Cam can really get them, you know, how how far he can get them. At least with the team they have right now. Yeah, it's it's tough. You lose Edelman, 
you have a lot of question marks. So I don't know where they sit after this week. Yeah. So you you got them winning, and I do have them winning. Yeah, uh, by a touchdown at least. Again, you're playing the Jets, so you get a break. It has to be a miracle for the Jets to pull this one off too. Did they've just had a horrible season? Yeah. All right, we got a uh, four teams on by. Uh, the two Ohio teams, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they're 2-5-1. and one. The great win going into the bye over the uh, Tennessee Titans, who are a good team this year. Um, they were one of the last undefeated teams, but uh, Cincinnati gave them their second loss in a row. And like Tyler mentioned, I think that it's really because of how well Joe Burrow has been playing. I think it's been really awesome to see how he's adjusted to the NFL game in his rookie year so far, even though their record might not reflect it. Uh, he's definitely kept them in, in a lot of games. And then with the Cleveland Browns, I think it's a, with this bye week, it's a, a look in the mirror kind of moment during the bye for this team. And it's like, what, what kind of team do you want to be They're They're five and two. Uh, they lost Odell Beckham jr. For the year, but they still have, solid pieces i mean baker mayfield and jarvis landry they they still is a connection there uh and there's still bright spots and obviously miles garrett on the defensive side so it's it's really a look in the mirror kind of moment and what what kind of team do you want to be uh and we'll see what they look like coming out of the bye and then also the the philadelphia eagles they're three four and one they're lucky to be lucky to be going into the bye uh, in first place with the way the season has gone for them but in the nfc east that's just that's just how it's been and then last but not least uh well really least right now because they're really on my shit list uh, oh boy <laughs> it's the los angeles rams uh they are also on by and thank god they're on by so i don't have to watch them this weekend but it's it's a similar moment this this bye week for the rams as it is the browns and it's that look in the mirror moment of, of what kind of team do you want to be um the defense looked great against miami like i said uh aaron donald looking like the defensive player of the year uh holding Tua tonga valoa to under 100 passing yards in his first game but the offense looked terrible Jared Goff had four turnovers in the first half, two interceptions, two fumbles. The special teams, uh, they gave up a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, so it was the complete opposite of the game before and the masterpiece of a game that Johnny Hecker had. So it's, I mean, the Rams, it's, they, they got to want to be a good team and they've been so inconsistent this year and, Everybody is holding four of their wins against them because it they all came against the NFC East and they were four wins, but it's like those four wins came against the NFC East. So it's like what what really is this Rams team about this year? And you really can't put the the blame on the defense. You said that before, and I agree. That defense is doing all they can do. It's the offense that is clearly struggling right now. Jared Goff is having a hard time in these games. Yeah, and Cooper Cups dropping passes like never before. Coming into this Miami game, you really thought that this was going to be kind of a 
a, a win for them, you would hope that they come in, they collect themselves, and say, hey, look, this is, this it is was the team that we are. I mean, know? Miami was serving us the win on a silver platter by starting Tua. Yeah, that that's exactly what it, it looked like. But again, I think the, the Rams got a little bit too complacent in that, and they said, well, we're, it's going to be an easy win. Our defense is going to do what they do. The offense has struggled a little bit, and it's continuing to struggle. I think that's, that's the issue, though. I don't know what they do to adjust this, but... They, they got to find something though, because Goff was having an well, and it's hard like time. they were so good in the run game against Buffalo, and when they saw it was working, when they were coming back against Buffalo, they they stuck with the run game, and then they were having a a pretty decent success with the run game against Miami, but then they decide to have Jared Goff throw the ball over sixty times against Miami. And he's turning it over four times in the first half. I didn't, I didn't really understand why they went away from the run when it was clearly working. So it's they're they're at a crossroads, and I'm glad the bye week is coming right now, so they can really assess what they need to to make adjustments for going forward with the second half of the season. Uh, Tyler, what about you? What do you what do you think of how the Rams approached? Uh, Miami and then the rest of the teams on by? Well, I think that they're they're struggling to find an offensive identity post-Todd Gurley. Um, it's a lot easier to call plays when there's eight guys in the box. Um, now, you know, now that now they're looking, they're, they have completely different looks um, when they're on offense because people are guarding them completely differently. Uh, they're forcing Jared Goff to beat them. Um, whereas before they weren't, you know, they weren't going to let, they weren't going to let Gurley win. Now there's no threat of that. And I think that, I think that the Rams, you know, they're smart to hang their hat on the passing offense rather than they don't have a runner or a run game that can like, that they can hang their hat on and build off of. In the but Jared Goff game. isn't something I, they should hang their hat on either. Well, well, golf had four turnovers. I mean, you're going to lose if you turn the ball over. That has nothing to do with the Rams. I don't, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with their game plan. It doesn't have anything to do with their play calling. It doesn't have to do with their defense or their special teams, which I think their de- defense and special teams is elite. It, it, and so, it's if you turn the ball over, you're going to lose. Jared Goff single-handedly lost that game. He, he let a team that is not as good as the Rams stick around, hang around, have life. And when you let a team hang around, they might, you know, take a kick back to the house. They might get a scoop and score. And then all of a sudden you're down, you know, multiple possessions and, and you're forced to throw these passes. And they're just sitting, they're sitting back in coverage watching golf. And, and, and there's nothing open. So they have to, I, I don't, I do believe that they need to come out with a passing attack, hang their hat on golf as, as scary as that says, sounds. But they need to hang their hat on him because they have no choice. Like, they need his passing game to open up the run game. They need to establish short passing. Um, you know, their their three wide receivers set with Bob Woods and Cooper Cup. These are possession receivers. These are guys that can go across the middle. They can run good routes. They need to get them the ball early, and that will set up their run game. And, you know, when a team can set up both the run and the pass, that's when they become unstoppable. Um, I just, you know, they don't have their identity right now. They're struggling to find it. And I definitely don't think that they should, like, come out trying to run the ball. Um, I, I think that that's going to uh, 
they're, they're going to be unsuccessful and get get down. Well, and that's and that's why I said I think this bye week needs to be a look in the mirror type moment where it's like, no, what it, kind of team it, do you want it, to be? The Rams and the Browns both are. It's a very timely uh, bye week in the sense that they are coming off loss. So, um, you know, this is a good time to regroup. If you're going to regroup, you've got and you're coming off of a loss. You've got two weeks to prepare for your next opponent. Don't turn two, one loss into two in a row. Uh, don't start in a bad funk. Regame your season. One more win, and you're at a, you're at six wins. Nine weeks, you know, nine weeks into the season, uh, you know that is a success for the Rams and the Browns both. So um, it is a good good timing on the bye. I, I like to see both those teams come out of the bye strong, uh, and I don't see who they're playing. Uh, right in front of me, but I, I, you know, outside of, you know, some of those top five teams, I assume they're going to come out with a win uh, coming out of their buys. Yeah. Well, next week they play the Seahawks, so. See, that's why I, yeah. I safely added my insurance policy of saying they'll probably get the win unless they play one of those top five power ranking teams. Yep. So, all right, yeah. I, that uh, that I think wraps it up for week nine. Uh, previewing week nine here in the NFL. So uh, I think that's it. You guys got any shout outs before we get out of here? No, man. Uh, shout out to everybody who got out there and voted. Jacob? Nope. No shout outs this week. All right. Well, I'm going to shout out the NBA and the NBA Players Association as they get closer to an agreement on when the next season will start. And it's looking like training camp is going to open in less than a month. So I'm definitely excited to get the NBA season back soon. And we will definitely talk more about it uh, on the show once a concrete date is announced. We just uh, we wanted to let basketball and baseball breathe since uh, the seasons have just concluded and uh, give you guys just a, a football episode here tonight since uh, it's really the only sport going on now so uh with that this is all i have yeah so far yeah it's uh it's the only thing keeping us going but uh with that that wraps up this episode of the sports kingdom show be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify the iHeartRadio app or wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show don't forget to follow at tsk show on facebook twitter and instagram Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachulki, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.